Chapter Twenty Two of the Charing Cross Mystery by J. S. Fletcher. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Highly Respectable Solicitor. Lord Moradale, who kept up honest country squire habits even in London, had gone to bed when Heatherwick and Mapperley arrived at his house, but he lost little time in making an appearance in pyjamas and dressing gown and listened eagerly to Heatherwick's account of the recent transactions. Force, he muttered, nodding his head at each point of the story. Force, got it out of her by force. That is, if the order's genuine. Mapperley produced the sheet of paper, which she had filched under the caretaker's eyes, and silently handed it over. Oh, that's Madame de Sorel's handwriting, exclaimed Lord Moradale. Hers, without doubt. Difficult to imitate, of course. Oh, yes, hers. Well, that proves what I've just said, Mr. Heatherwick. Force. She's in their power. With the young lady, Miss... Miss Featherstone, to be sure. And they've made her write that. Next, they'll make her write an order on the Imperial Safe Deposit. We must be beforehand with them there early early as possible in the morning meet me at matherfield's i think he's pretty keen bless me what a pack of villains now i wonder where in all london these unfortunate ladies are that's precisely what all this ought to help us find out remarked heatherwick i'm not so much concerned about the valuables these men are after as about the safety of lord moradale gave him a quick understanding glance of miss featherstone eh he said i see i see and i'm concerned too about madame Bistorel. well this as you say ought to help but look here we must be cautious very cautious we mustn't let matherfield you know what the police are we mustn't let him be too precipitate probably if a man comes to the safe place He'll go away from it to where those scoundrels are. We must follow, follow. I agree, said Heatherwick. Nine o'clock, then, at Matherfield's, concluded his lordship. And may we have a strong scent, a rousing one, and a successful kill. With this bit of sporting phraseology in their ears, Heatherwick and Mapperley returned to the Middle Temple, and retired for the rest of the night, one to bed, the other to a shakedown on the sitting-room sofa. But when Heatherwick's alarm clock awoke him at seven-thirty, and he put his head into the next room to rouse the clerk, he found that Mapperley had vanished. The cushions, rugs, and blankets, with which he had made himself comfortable for the night, were all neatly folded and arranged, on the topmost was pinned a sheet of brief paper with a message scrawled in blue pencil you won't want me this morning off on an important notion of my own look out for messages from me about noon m muttering to himself that he hadn't the least idea as to what his clerk was about heatherweek made a hurried toilet and an equally hurried breakfast and hastened away to meet Matherfield and Lord Moradale. He found these two together, and with them a quiet, solemn-faced individual, clad in unusually sombre garments, 
whom Matherfield introduced as Detective Sergeant Quigman. Matherfield went straight to business. "'His lordship's just told me of your adventure last night, Mr. Heatherwick,' he said, "'and I'm beginning to get a sort of forecast of what's likely to happen. "'It was, of course, Basberry who went to Madame's flat last night. "'That's settled. "'But what do you suppose he went for?' "'Can't say that I've worked that out,' answered Heatherwick with a glance at the others. "'But I imagine that he went there to get, say, certain keys.' having forced madame l'istorel to tell him where they were the keys of her safe at the deposit place i should think no replied matherfield shaking his head knowingly and with a sly smile at quigman no not that i'll tell you what he went for a very simple thing he went to get some of madame's private note-paper he knew well enough that if he was to take an order on that safe deposit to allow the bearer access to madame's safe it would have to be what the french i believe call en règle eh written on her own note-paper in her own handwriting and so on see i think you're right and i think he got it said heatherwick a drawer in her desk containing boxes of stationery had been pulled out and some of its contents lay about the desk as a matter of fact though i scarcely know why i did it i put some paper and some envelopes in my pocket here they are i had a faint idea that they might be useful somehow well that's the notion depend upon it asserted matherfield glancing at the paper which heatherwick produced i've no doubt that somebody representing madame l'istorel and bearing an authorization from her written on her note-paper in her own writing will present himself at the imperial safe deposit this morning but it won't be basveri and it won't be ambrose a stranger eh suggested heatherwick we shall see now continued matherfield glancing at the clock we'll be off to the scene of operations this imperial safe deposit is in kingsway holborn end and very fortunately situated for our job being close to the tube station there will be lots of people about there and we shan't attract attention and this is the way of it his lordship and myself will go into the safe deposit see the people in charge explain matters and get them to tell us at once if and when the expected ambassador arrives we shall let him or her interrupted quigman solemnly just so my lad it might be a she assented metherfield quite likely we shall let him or her get what is wanted from the safe and go away closely followed by all four of us while lord moradale and i are inside you and quigman mr heatherwick will be outside talking casually when we come out and you'll both keep a sharp watch on the entrance hall i'll give you the office as to the particular person we're following and wherever that person goes you two will go but don't come near us we'll keep on one side of the street you the other if the person takes a cab or a bus well we'll have to do the same but i've reasons for thinking he or she will stick to his feet how do we go altogether asked heatherwick because it's a mere idea how do you know, Matherfield, that these people, 
there would appear to be more than one concerned, aren't keeping an eye on you. I've thought of that, answered Matterfield. No, we're all going separately. It's now 9.15. That Imperial Safe Deposit doesn't open its doors till 10. Nobody can get in there until that time, anyway. We all four go out of this office on our own hook. Each takes his own method of getting to the top of Kingsway. As soon as I get there, I go straight in and ask for the manager. As soon as Lord Moradale gets there, he follows suit. He and I foregather in the manager's room. As for you two, go how you like, fly if it suits you, or wander round the side streets. But you meet right opposite the safe deposit entrance at precisely ten o'clock, and under pretense of casual meeting and conversation, keep your eyes on it, noticing everybody who goes in and comes out. That clear? Then we all clear out, one by one. Outside, and left to his own devices, Heatherwick walked a little way and then hailed a taxicab. He gave his driver a confidential smile. "'You can just help me to employ forty minutes,' he said as he got in. "'Drive around, anywhere you like, up and down, as long as you put me down at the corner of the Holborn restaurant at precisely two minutes to ten. Got that?' The driver comprehended and began a leisurely journey round certain principal streets and thoroughfares. Two minutes before ten, he pulled up at the Holborn Kingsway corner and gave his fare a grin. "'Done it to the second, sir,' he announced, nodding at an adjacent clock. "'Good man,' said Heatherwick, handing out something over the registered fare. Then an idea struck him. "'Look here,' he continued confidentially, I, and another man, may have to follow somebody from here presently. Just drive down the street here, keeping your flag down, and wait. If I want you, I shall be close at hand. The driver showed his understanding by a nod and a wink, and moved a little distance off to the curbstone. Heatherwick walked slowly down the west side of Kingsway, and precisely as the clock struck ten, he saw Lord Moradale come from one direction and enter the formidable-looking and just-opened door of the safe deposit, and Matherfield appear from the other. Looking round again, he was aware of the solemn-faced Quigman, who sauntered round the corner of Parker Street and came towards him. Heatherwick went on to meet him. "'There you are,' he said, doing a little acting, in case any inimical eyes were on him. "'To the minute. We'd better appear to be doing a bit of talk, eh? The others have just gone in.' "'I saw him, sir,' replied Quigman, coming to a halt on the curb, and affecting an interest in anything rather than on what he was really working. "'Ah, but the question is, when will they come out?' "'Might be in a few minutes, so to speak. "'Mightn't be for hours, as it were.' "'You seem to be a melancholy chap,' observed Heatherwick. "'Melancholy job,' muttered Quigman. "'Watching isn't my line. "'But Matherfield, he particularly wanted me to be in at this.' "'Why?' asked Heatherwick. "'Peculiar knowledge of solicitors and their clerks in this part of London,' replied Quigman. "'My line.' 
Matherfield, he's an idea that the order to open this safe will be presented by a solicitor. Good Lord, Patsy, exclaimed Heatherwick. I wonder, but... Big help to these chaps, don't you see? If they can make a solicitor do the cat's paw work, suggested Quigman, who'd suspect a solicitor of the high court? And as I know pretty nearly all of them, there's one I know now coming up to the side of the street, he continued suddenly, that tallish, thin, pale-faced chap, see him? Look at him without seeming to look. Now, I wonder if he's the party we want. Heatherwick looked in the direction indicated. He saw a youngish, spectacled man in a silk hat, morning coat, and the corresponding additions of professional attire, who was walking rapidly along from south to north. He was a very mild, gentle-looking person, not at all the sort to be concerned in dark plots and mysterious aims, and Heatherwick said so. "'Aye, well, you never know,' remarked Quigman lugubriously. "'But, as I say, I know him. Mr. Garrowell. Mr. Octavius Garrowell, solicitor of St. Martin's Lane, that is. Been in practice for himself about four years or so. Nice young feller, quiet. And he is going in there, see?' Heatherwick saw. There were several people, men and women, entering the safe deposit just then, but Mr. Garrowell's silk hat and sloping shoulders made him easily identifiable. "'I dare say it's him,' observed Quigman, with a sigh. "'Just the sort to be took in, he is. Innocent, unsuspecting sort of gentleman. However, it mayn't be. Deal of people use these safe deposits nowadays.' Mr. Garrowell disappeared. The two watchers waited. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes went by. Then Mr. Garrowell came out. He came out just as any man would come out after transacting his business, quietly. Nobody followed him. Nobody seemed to be watching him from the safe deposit. But Heatherwick noticed at once that, whereas he had entered, carrying nothing but an umbrella, he now carried a small, square, leather-covered box. With this in his left hand, he crossed the roadway and advanced straight towards Heatherwick and Quigman. "'No need to move, sir,' whispered the detective. "'Take no notice. Spot him, though.' Mr. Garrowell, seen at close quarters, looked to be somewhat absent-minded, but chancing to look up as he stepped on the pavement, his eyes encountered Quigman, who touched his hat. "'Morning, Mr. Garrowell,' said the detective. "'Nice morning, sir.' "'Morning, Quigman,' responded Mr. Garrowell. "'A very nice morning.' He nodded smilingly, and went on his way, and round the corner, into Parker Street. Quigman glanced at Heatherwick and shook his head. "'Not him,' he said. "'Matterfield's not following, and, as I said, we may have to wait hours.' But at the end of another ten minutes, Matherfield and Lord Moredale came together out of the entrance hall opposite. An official, smiling and talking, accompanied them to the threshold. When they left him, they came straight across the road, and it was obvious to Heatherwick that each was in a state of surprise, possibly of perplexity. Matherfield hailed them as soon as he was within speaking distance. "'Here's a queer business,' he said. "'Did you see a professional-looking chap come away just now 
who carried a small leather box. "'We saw Mr. Garrowell, solicitor, St. Martin's Lane,' answered Quigman. "'I know him, gone down Parker Street.' "'It was Garrowell,' assented Matherfield. "'I know him, too.' "'Well,' he turned to Heatherwick, "'it's a queer business. "'They knew Garrowell across there. "'He's been to Madame de Storel's safe for her before. "'He came there just now, with the usual authorization, "'on her note-paper, went to the safe, "'got that small box, and went. "'Garrowell, a highly respectable legal practitioner.' "'Why didn't you stop him and ask him questions?' inquired Heatherwick. Matherfield exchanged a glance with Lord Moradale. "'Not there,' he said. "'It—well, it looks as if Madame really had sent him her business.' "'Of course she'd sent him,' exclaimed Heatherwick. "'Sent him under compulsion. The whole thing's a clever plant. These fellows probably know that she's employed Garrowell now and then—' and they forced her to write a letter to him authorizing him to come here again and enclosing an order on the safe deposit people don't you see by gad there's something in that matherfield said lord moradale didn't strike me though upon my honour i really thought he had come direct from her couldn't think why exactly but then as matherfield says a highly respectable solicitor eh "'We'll soon settle it,' exclaimed Matherfield suddenly. "'We'll go to Garwell's office. "'Better discuss it there than have tackled him here. "'Anyway, he'll have the square box. "'Quigman, call a taxi.' "'There's a man here waiting for me,' said Heatherwick. "'He signaled to his former driver, who quickly came alongside. "'For anything we know,' he continued, as all four took their seats and were driven off, "'Garrowell may have gone straight away somewhere to hand that box over. "'We ought to have followed.' "'I don't think so,' replied Matherfield. "'Though things queer, and not at all what I expected. "'Lord Moradale says that he never heard of Madame employing Garrowell, "'and yet the safe people say he's been here two or three times on her business. "'But we'll soon have it out of him.' End of chapter 22